When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hi Bob, the officially unofficial podcast for For All Mankind on Apple TV Plus. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking season four, episode six, Leningrad. Uh, Aaron, Leningrad. What do you know about it? Uh, it's a tale of two cities. Sometimes it's Leningrad, sometimes it's Stalingrad. Sometimes it's St. Petersburg. St. Petersburg, yeah. Tale of three cities. Oh my God. Uh huh. Uh, yeah, apparently the city has changed names a lot, and this is one of the names that it had. Uh, now it's St. Petersburg, and I assume that's where the conferences are taking place in this episode. Yes, seems like it. I don't know if they ever explicitly told us that, but they refer to Moscow a few times, and I don't think they just mean the government of the USSR. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, what do you think of this episode? I think this is a tale of two episodes. There is an episode of For All Mankind that's firing on all thrusters, so to speak, and I'm really engaged with it, and I think it's cool. Uh, and there is a, uh, a a shitty crime subplot and an organized labor subplot that is that is that is uh, encapsulated within this other good episode that I find baffling. Um. I what do you make of Miles Corleone here? <laughs> Miles Corleone. Uh-huh. Um I, this is something that I thought from the start was bound to happen. Uh Miles seemed like the kind of guy who would want to disrupt what's going on here so that he could get his piece of it uh and maybe take it over. And eventually that happened. It just didn't happen in the way I expected it to or a way that maybe I believe really would happen i don't know i don't know there, there's still some fallout i think from all of this to to come but so far it's a little rough he he feels a lot closer to fredo sunny <laughs> at best than michael because like sure. michael was like a He's war a hero uh-huh. you know uh there there was some substance to him already coming into like you, you know he doesn't just blow a cop's head off out of nowhere like he they make a point in that movie that he's used to combat and that kind of stress. Uh, where does Miles get this spine to just boss up and get North Korean muscle? In, That's and, the and, and plan all this me, yeah. in, in the middle of the whole, the holiest of holies in the North Korean compound? Uh-huh. I, I just feel like they needed multiple point plot points to line up for him and it's it's driving the pacing and not the like characters this doesn't feel none of these things feel like natural characters doing natural things they feel like people hitting their marks and it's in such stark contrast to the the other stuff that's happening like on earth that Mm -hmm. uh and and you know and even like god i was so curious to see how ed was going to react and it turns out Ed's just a rabble rousing shitster from way back in Korea. Apparently, he's just like yeah. anytime the t- things go wrong, he just turns into like Hogan's heroes and goes to work. <laughs> I, that still <sighs> sniffing mouse ass Ed, 
is out there riling up the people. Uh, he's now the new union leader. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of like it. I, because all of this is like a way to stick it to Danielle, right? Like he doesn't actually give a shit about the these thing. people. And maybe that's a point they're making that sometimes like you need people who are not like who are facetious and hypocritical, but are powerful and on like like e- mm-hmm. any person mm-hmm. that you can use for your movement. But like also maybe that's a problem with labor movements that you know they 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 and 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 I think they're going to try to make this connection between organized crime and labor too. As well as okay. the ultimately yeah. where I think they're going with this, you know. Yeah, that wasn't on my radar, and, but you're right. Yeah, who's like, is I, it that, the Jimmy Hoffa? I mean, who? that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I actually thought, like, I bet that when the Russians do the math and the North Koreans do the math, now that Ed has gotten into like the game, that they're going to think that he is trying to be. They're not going to think it's Malosh. Malosh would never right, do right. this. It's, and I, yeah, I kind of think Ed might be buried out in the Martian football field. <laughs> he's going to be on level four. No one's ever going to find his body. <laughs> he's going to be built met, into the buried, wall. He'll be buried out in the Mar- Martian Lands Stadium. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I, yeah, I, it's it's just a really bizarre turn for that character. And I like I again, I, I love the idea of Martian labor uniting, but it's mm-hmm. just weird to go see Ed Baldwin go from suck it up buttercup to you have nothing to lose, but your chains. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's all in, and yeah, like I said, I, I like Ed's character and it, it just kind of sucks to see him be this, this, this big of a shit. Yeah, no, he sucks this season. Uh, and it's not the only season he sucked in. Like I <laughs> look at some point they had a, they had to literally point a gun at him and threaten to murder him to get him to do the right thing. <laughs> Sally Ride uh, of all, yeah. Uh-huh. So, like, it's not the first time, but definitely, like, it's a hard pill to swallow when it happens because you want to like Ed. I, at least I do. And yeah. I, I think... So So I'm looking at the, the motivations here in the plot, and I'm thinking, okay, everybody's motivations, I think, are kind of lining up, right? Like, even Ed, when he's being a shit, I understand why. He wants to... He's uh-huh. yeah. hurt about Svetlana and his own declining uh, physical capabilities, and he wants to lash out, and this sure. is the way he can do it. Um, and then I look at Miles, and I say, okay, well, he wants money. He feels like he is gonna get out there and grab a piece of a bigger pie uh, and he can really impress his family and his family you know with Ilya kicking him out of the operation here is now in danger he's in danger of losing that so I get I get his motivations for everything I think that all lines up it's just the way you go about it like what how how does Lee convince the rest of his people to go beat up one of the Americans. Did he lie that, to them? I mean, because he can't tell remember them, I'm trying how we to start... sneak my wife out of our country and violate every law we have, become a traitor, will you guys help me? Do you remember how Lee started this season? Getting the whip cracked on him because he thought about uh-huh. smiling at an American? He's uh-huh. not... Then now he's like just like got half the base under his thumb. I, I they did not tell that story. I they don't didn't. think. Yeah, and that's the the major problem I have with it is I just don't feel like all the pieces have connected well enough because you can tell that story certainly. Yeah, there there could be but, scenes where he goes to his his commanding officer and says, 
look, I, I'm hurting here. I want to see my wife. I just want to talk with her. There's a way for me to do mm. that. Please let me. And maybe he's sympathetic. You know, maybe he can convince and, him. And, but they didn't do that at but all. But you also got to tell, like, why the other North Koreans are kind of getting, maybe they're, they're getting, they're far yeah. enough away from North Korea that they don't no longer feel the, the lash that you know they're they're getting a little Maybe bit of he's getting them uh you the, know personal massagers i don't know the, yeah <laughs> the, the the crime and the grift and the black market stuff and the money is starting to kind of influence them and but it's like no they haven't done any of that stuff and and now miles has to deliver on what i consider an impossible task and my mind's open like i i'm prepared to be blown away by the cleverness of the solution to get Lee's wife to Mars or the complication that makes it impossible or or whatever sure. but I gotta say they're going this is a high degree of difficulty move and I'm the East German judge waiting to 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 give them a, a zero on it if if uh, they fuck it up mm-hmm. now I do want to move on to the stuff I actually like because you know that's yeah, yeah. presumably why people are here to listen to the fucking podcast is uh, they're a fan of the show um we both said it was a high degree of difficulty to reintegrate Margot publicly into the plot. I think they did that perfectly. I love that scene between her and Elena where she yes. reveals that, well, the one after she reveals that she's alive where they actually every aspect the, of it though. I, I like the first reaction. Yeah. I like the second reaction. Yeah. I love the third reaction. I love mm-hmm. how the publicity of it was handled. That shit felt real. That felt like yep. what would happen. And they spent a lot of time on that. And I think that's why mm-hmm. that pays off so well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got a bitch because like uh, uh, I got a bunch of questions. Um, like <laughs> redirecting a one kilometer wide asteroid towards Earth. Dangerous. With, min- with, with min- mention of the dark program, which is to prevent just such an occurrence. Uh-huh. <laughs> the scope of the space disaster that could cause. Mm-hmm got to be something they're going to lean into right it has to be i mean the first thing i thought when they said yeah we're going to push this thing toward earth is that's real risky guys yeah but, for 20 trillion dollars you're wagering uh yeah i don't think that'd be an extinction level event, no. but that would not be a good time for earth and no, it's wherever it hits is is completely screwed um yeah yeah um but I, yeah, I feel like they have. That's got to be their direction they're going. And I, this the other thing is so, like, so my I, question is, are they going to play with that and tease it, or are they going to actually have it be a crisis? Because like the, the idea that oh, our mount system could fail at any time, and mm-hmm. oops, it goes off in a direction we didn't expect, and it could possibly hit Earth, is very real, and they've set that up throughout the season. But yep. My question is, will that be the crisis or will there be some other crisis going along with it? And that'll be kind of a tease. Yeah. And they're going to, you know, we already seen the Russian materials, you know, deficiency. And like now they're Uh going to be running at warp speed. And And America still hasn't figured that out as best I can tell. It doesn't seem like it. Although maybe that is why the Russians, if, if you want to read between the lines and say that's why the Russians and Americans seem to be kind of at a more friendly spot than they were an episode ago, it's because, you know, Gore ap- apologized for his stupid shit and the <laughs> Russians apologized for the material deficiencies and they came clean about I, I, I It does feel like America and Russia after the coup are starting to rebuild you know, now with twenty trillion in the offing, yeah. there's there's a huge carrot to incentivize all this. But mm-hmm. 
And then I also like the po- the politics. Like it is beyond frustrating to see politicians, you know, decide not to go for a huge windfall for the planet just because they won't be able. I mean, it's the opposite of this wisdom you hear, this like Ben Franklin bullshit. That's like, uh, you know, so, uh, great nations are born when old men plant the sh- trees, the shade of which they'll never know. Like. Mm-hmm. We all, that's this, I feel like that's shit you tell children. And then you get to adults and it's like, nah, that, nah, fucking cut those trees down. That, that's, that, that, the hard word's worth money. Like, yeah. or maybe that's true when you're writing a constitution, but uh, maybe not so true 200 years later when people are trying to keep their fucking jobs, you know? Yeah. As from what I know of history, I don't think there's ever been a shining era where people were not self interested and were oh, not, for you sure. know, yeah. more but, but, or less so. Yeah. I, it's it's super frustrating, but it, again, it feels super real. Like it's you know we've talked about how almost miraculous the moon program was. Like it's kind of an open question. It's always been for me. Is like if Jack Kennedy hadn't died, and the whole nation kind of been like fucking, we're gonna we got to do this for Jack, and it, it's super politically important. And and the competition with the Russians too. Would we have gone to the moon, or would we gotten five years into the program and then be like, ah, this is super expensive to you know. What's even up there? Well, and it's the changing of of the guard, right? Like having yeah. a presidency that rolls out to a new person exactly. every four years makes it impossible to get long term plans done because the next person yeah. isn't necessarily on board with them. Why do you want to cross the T of the other guy's project, which you know they're going to get? You know, you're going to be like, oh, I'm, I'm, this is I'm fulfilling the vision of my predecessor, who's probably not even from the political party I'm affiliated with, like. Mm-hmm nothing is and i can get a short-term win here by just cutting that program and saving a bunch of money and putting it elsewhere to to goals that people are now more interested in and yeah 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 whole host of reasons why that stuff is hard if not impossible and i i really like how they explore that and um so that stuff is is really good it's just Mm -hmm. uh, i feel like the crime plot and the uh, the labor plot, unfortunately, even though those could be super interesting and they might be interesting in the future, uh, they have just really tried to go from instant. You know, they they haven't cooked that from scratch. They used a, a, a baking mix. I don't even think they they used it right and to try to substitute applesauce for oil. Hmm. Baked it at five hundred instead there. of three fifty. It's just it's just kind of a mess. Kind of a mess. Yeah, like gluten free bread. Uh. I'm curious how they're going to bring it around to, you know, that Star Trek ideal. Um, because if you have these political systems in place, it does seem like a foregone conclusion that you can't think long term. So how do you get past that? Do you have to destroy those systems, create something yeah. new that is more, uh, I guess, equipped to think long term for the benefit of humanity? Or can you work within those systems to kind of artificially create a system that does that right because i i mean that's the 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 thesis i like about this is the systems that we have on earth are the things that perpetuate like crime and and inequality and things like that so it's like where we also know like you know yeah and the soviet union had uh different problems they weren't the same problems as america they had their pluses Mm -hmm. and minuses as did we but like i i've often wondered is like are we going to come out of here with like some kind of synthesis you know, some kind of what does that look like? Just like a social social democracy, um, sure. Uh, American style socialism. I, I I don't know what the show's suggestion for like yeah. How how do you get to the Star Trek utopia? And I don't think it's coming this season. But at some nah. point, if that's their yeah. goal, they got to get around to that stuff. Um, yeah. 
And but, I do think this is like this is the this is the most they've gotten into the purely political and social economic, you know. So yeah. like it seems like they are trying to get there. It's just I, I, I oh man, I just wish it was a little little better, a little better, a little better written. But I guess that's the other thing, is like before when they've done a little bit of like rewriting history, it was like addressing the wrongs that we've already you know kind of come around on like oh let's get women involved a little bit earlier you know let's let's not be so hard on the gays uh let's uh you know let's let's stop this kind of petty squabbling over planting flags here and there and just kind of work together in and out when you're starting to go like okay well now what how do we get from where we're at now to where we need to be in the future that's a lot harder because you know you got to start making some firm stands on real world economics and and paying some know, prices you know they're just it, right. it's painful to change from one system to another uh True. for a lot of people and those people aren't going to be happy about it how, how do yeah, you like, make it as easy for them as possible yeah the you know the one of the ideas of um you know why why don't we just go migrate to cleaner green technology right now is because well that would put a lot of people out of job uh jobs and that would make a lot of infrastructure obsolete and there's still some roi left on (laughs) on the books for those projects and it's it just comes down to that you know Uh uh-huh a lot of the time and if you're wanting to decry that as foolishness do you do that when it hits your pocketbook you know sure (laughs) sure yeah, so I, I like that. Podcasters, I'm not sure I'll be singing the same tune. That's yeah. I mean, now we're talking serious <laughs> business. You uh-huh. know. Energy independence, one thing, but podcasting independence, vital to the nation's security. <laughs> All uh, right, we got to get out of this. We got to get out of this discussion and into the recap, man. Did you know Al, Al Gore invented podcasting? <laughs> <laughs> he said so. Yeah, it was his bill to increase Apple investment. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it led to two things: the iPod and Honeycrisp apples, and immeasurably <laughs> improved the world. Uh, you know what? Apparently, according to Apple, does not improve the world is smoking. There's a smoking warning at the beginning of this episode, which was interesting. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Uh, there's I there's nothing f- either, and certainly smoking has been a bigger part of the plots in future and and past episodes. You know the whole. Gordo Tracy. I mean, look at NASA subplot. in the sixties. My God, smoked like they were on fire. Yeah. Hmm. It was really weird to see that come up, but okay, sure. I, it is I agree. interesting. It is hazardous to your health. It is interesting because we grew up in a world where tobacco products were being slowly exterminated and eliminated, and we now live in a world where tobacco has somehow managed to outmaneuver our politicians in this vape thing and now that like teenage rates of not smoking but tobacco use are like skyrocketing higher than they've ever been before it's like goddamn. i'm waiting uh, for 20 years from now the reports on popcorn lung that's what i'm waiting for because you know sure. if vaping is healthy or you know at least not as as terrible as smoking i'm kind of all for it for smokers you know but yeah. i don't know that we need to be hooking our kids on it well, call me Orville Redenbacher because I, <laughs> I'm not going to dodge that bullet if it comes down to it, Jim. Oh yeah, uh, the pop. Right. Yeah, the the lungs. The lungs might might be Jiffy Pop. Uh, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Hold, 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 cross my fingers on the sign. Uh, how the science on that works out. All right, let's get into the recap. You're listening to Hi Bob. We'll be right back. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We try to make it super easy to support making podcasts at Bald Move. Just join the club. But some people aren't a joining type, or maybe they're already in the club but want to add a little bit of gratuity for an especially great season of coverage, or for a podcast that really spoke to them or gave them that bit of support in a tough time. For these, and for whatever other reason you might have, our tip jar is always open. Head over to support.ballmove.com and click the donate option to say, hey, keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. Once again, check out support.ballmove.com for all the great ways to help me and Jim keep making the podcast you love. to more for all mankind yep. we start off with the meeting of the m7 uh out there in st petersburg dignitaries arrive as Margot watches from a storeroom via camera and feeds arena information via radio uh the this entire episode she sees hobson and Aleda enter and watches her very closely and then arena starts the proceedings and we go to the intro Margot's devolving into a full goblin was pretty awesome like this this is what she says mm-hmm. she says she's all about the work and we believe her because she mm-hmm. lives like she's obsessed with it but her like squatted in that broom closet uh-huh. uh like she's the what's that the dude with the red swing line from uh office space you know Milton, uh, yeah yeah milton it's uh I thought it was really funny. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of comedy milked from the little telephone game that her and Bullfinch were playing the whole episode, which uh-huh. I appreciated. Yeah, I was trying to like look at the pauses between someone speaking and Arena responding. Mm-hmm. You know, because she's got to wait for the information to come through from Margot in in full. She can't. She doesn't seem to be responding in real time, just parroting Margot. Mm-hmm. Uh. And there were a couple of times where it felt a bit long, but she's processing like big, heavy concepts um, and hard problems to wrestle with. So I think the pausing was appropriate in a second language. So you kind of like she might fumble for her words on these technical terms and even her fucking up a couple of the technical terms. I uh, think kind of sold, yeah, like Bart Dart. Oh, you know my English. It's it it it'd be too suspicious if she knew that chapter verse with no fuck up. So I thought that was. Yeah. Like I said, I, I I was ready to roast this plot because I thought they might not handle it just, but I think they did. And they avoided, you know, any insane stuff like Arena just having her front and center at this conference or... Yeah, whatever. right, Alita yeah. walking at the door, my God, Margo, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. All right, well, let's go up to Happy Valley where Ed wakes up without a job. He has nothing to do, so he smokes up. He makes some rounds, shaking hands, and then invites himself to Ilya's which freaks out the patrons. Admiral when walks he, into your black market bar is not good. <laughs> when he walked out into that hallway, it was a lot of Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 3 Venom suit 
channeling because he's just you know high as a kite and you can see that like people you know he's not exactly the most popular figure amongst the no sub basement dwellers and they're not giving him super friendly looks and uh but yeah just him kind of bopping and smooching along and and, i love it on second watch when you know his i guess internal reputation as like the still booze hound Mm-hmm. My only my only note is I kind of wish they showed him like rapping on a few other panels because, you know, he knows like the grow up is proof that he knows the angles. Uh-huh. He walks uh-huh. in these rooms and yeah, I can see. But like the fact that he almost like a literal bloodhound, he's like he's two can Sam just follow us. <laughs> just just like like one of those, you know, cartoon hobos that are homing in on a drifting warm. The... Yep. Oh, yeah, pie, warm apple yeah. pie sitting on the sill. I, I kind of wish he'd kind of like to see him going down a couple of empty corridors, but that's that's pretty minor criti- criticism. It's oh yeah, and I think Joel much- Kinnaman is doing such an amazing job playing an old actor, uh, an old space yeah. cowboy at this point. Like the way he's moving, the, like I know he's doing that little bop thing down the hallway mm-hmm. here, but like you said, he's high as a kite right now, but. The physicality he's bringing to this role is perfect. Little, little loose in the hips. He's got a little bit of a hunch, a little bit, you know, his his uh-huh. his, uh, his his neck's a little bent forward. Uh, he's moving like a really old guy who's still in good shape, but like, yeah, he's still very mobile. But he's old. He's old because we see him. You know, he's doing those modified push-ups and sit-ups, and he's he's hitting the bike. He's he's keeping himself trim, but. Uh, yeah, I did love those easy push-ups. You're in micro. Well, you're not in micro gravity, but you're in one third gravity, man. If you can't do a push-up on Mars, mm-hmm. you're in That's bad shape. That's true. He's doing modified push-ups on Mars. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. That's kind of unbelievable, but whatever. It was funny. I do wish maybe they had spent a little bit more time. Because I feel like I, I feel like the the this show only remembers that Mars is one third Earth's gravity when like it's relevant to like Kelly's son's medical condition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we talked about that on on you know the Expanse how they were variable and how well they treated microgravity versus like lunar gravity and Martian gravity. But this show just they don't even they don't they don't even really try. Um, yeah, uh, they did it fairly well. I thought when Miles fell in that canyon. Because I, I was thinking, yeah. oh, it's, you know, it's low gravity. He'll be fine. And he was. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, and actually just, just moving around and all that stuff. They're not, they're not giving, yeah. they're not giving a fuck about it. Uh, so this is interesting. Him, in light of what happens later in the episode, him making friends with Ilya here. Uh-huh. I think, like earlier I said, there's still probably some fallout to come from Miles taking over Ilya's operation, and I think Ed might be a key component of that as senior project manager, and still some sway on the base. People still respect and fear him. Uh, I wonder if he won't help Ilya out. See, I yeah, that's a possibility, but I've so locked on to the idea that this is going to be... a mistaken identity kind of thing that Ed for his own reasons is muscling on Ilya and this labor thing. And it's going to be interpreted by the like Russians and North Koreans as him. Well, yeah, he's out of work. He's desperate mm-hmm. to cling to power, make some money. He's getting into the underworld. And I think he's going to, th- I think they're going to try to assassinate him. I really like, I know we were joking about it, but like, <laughs> oh, I do wow. think, I think they're positioning him as like a Patsy figure. 
Wow. How would I feel if that's how Ed goes out? Assassinated by some dumbass from from Louisiana who couldn't even hold down a job. I think this is a Tony Soprano situation where he's going to send yeah. up his dumb uncle, you know, <laughs> uh, and, and and dodge all the. But I that's such a that's such a bizarre end for Ed Baldwin. Mm-hmm. But it's every once in a while, history that happens, you know. Sure, Benedict Arnold. You know, not everybody, not everybody gets to die the hero. No, it's true. Um. All right, let's go over to Hobson who tells the conference that they can launch a capture mission in eight weeks, and then Aleda lays out the necessary technology they need to develop to harvest that asteroid, which is going to be both enormously difficult and enormously expensive, crucially. Uh, Helios needs $2 trillion to pull it off, and everyone at the conference box at that expense. Uh, 10x is not a good enough ROI for them, at least over 40 years. Um. Yeah, but that's the other. I mean, it's it's not just even ROI because I think you're supposed to understand through the lens of the rest of the season that the other problem for a forty year ROI is it gives the larger, more powerful nations a chance to rip up the contract and change everybody's bonus structures. You know, mm-hmm. like the longer that goes and the more unexpected things are going to happen, the more time the deals can be renegotiated, the more times governments are going to change hands and that makes it even more likely. So it's like it's, one of those like, a, it's like a prisoner dilemma, right? You know, like if if, mm, uh, sure. if if both people refuse to play the game, that's the best impact. But since if you are betrayed and you don't betray the other guy, that's the worst thing that can happen. The rational thing is to both betray. Right. So you get the, the bullshit mediocre rewards and that. This is, we're living in a bullshit mediocre mediocre reward planet with with rare exception today. So yeah. it's 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 and that's the problem. It's a rational thing to do, and and I don't know how we'll ever get out of it. And I, I hope the show holds up a candle to that door. At the very least, yeah. Uh, let's go back to Happy Valley. Danielle and Palmer go over the mission parameters and are similarly stunned by the scope of them. Uh, and the timeline. Palmer doesn't think they can make it happen. Danielle tells him, I'm going to get that rock or I'm going to die trying. I like her sentiment. Can can you... Can, where are you at with the possibility of this being pulled off? Because I hear eight-week launch window and I see this laundry list. I understand a lot of it is post-capture. It's like the, to exploit the, the thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. But like just the project of grabbing the asteroid and slowing it down in eight weeks seems not possible. Like I'm really looking and and I've got a bad feeling that we're not going to be sold on the possibility. We're going to have well, Margot and Aleda talked it out in a silent scene with music playing underneath. And we know Margot and Aleda are brilliant. So let's just go with it. Just go with it. We're going to stick a spaceship to this thing and it. That would be sad because I feel like they've talked out every they they've spelled out every other plan in this series. Uh, you're right, they did, and they did do it this one. So like may, maybe they will, yet, maybe they'll maybe yeah. they'll walk us through it. But I'm a little worried that they're going to just slide a hand this whole thing. And it's it's a shame because a, a lot of the appeal for this show to me has been not just the the characters and you know because if you don't care about that, nothing else matters. Right, right. But. The thing that's really made the gave extra intrigue is the technical solutions, the MacGyvering, the Apollo mm-hmm. thirteen of everything, and seeing clever people work together to solve hard problems. 
Yeah, like Apollo 13 would not be the movie it was if, you know, Tom Hanks is sitting there. All right, NASA, what are we going to do? It's like, all right, do you got duct tape? And then they just, fat, they, then, you know, one day later, yeah, they're hitting the atmosphere soft. and coming home. Like, uh-huh. no, I, I got to I gotta see Tom Hanks with the the, 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 the square filters and the, the sandwich bags. And uh-huh. he's got to be flinging them at uh, what's-his-face. And, I, I, yeah, I, I want to I see that. I want that technical detail. But it's, it's hard to sweat those technical details. So, yeah, especially when you start to get into science fiction type stuff, right? Then how do you, you explain things to people... And- yeah. in realistic terms that don't come off as silly. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think they've done a good job up to now, and I'm hoping that they will clue us into this plan before they actually execute it. But we'll see. There's a young, upstart, hotshot scientist at NASA mm-hmm. by the name of Zephram Cochran. He's got some bold <laughs> okay. ideas Yeah, about antimatter and dilithium crystals. We'll, we'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. No one's taking him seriously, so he starts building a rocket in his backyard. <laughs> Uh, I thought there was some pretty fun comedy here uh, with Palmer looking at the plan and going, Jesus fucking Christ. Daniel giving him the look and him going, oh, sorry, holy fucking shit. Yeah. (laughs) Much better, XO. Love that stuff. Uh, All right. Ed gives Ilya some advice on his distilling process. The still sniffer talking about (laughs) Ilya's cinnamon mouse ass. This is just comedy. What does that even mean? Cinnamon flavored mouse ass. Just the mouse ass I get. <laughs> Cinnamon I've never tasted. <laughs> I'm saying I can see how the flavor of mouse would get into contaminated lines, but cinnamon? Like, is this some okay, kind of ratatouille yeah. situation where he's, you know, uh I mean it depends on what he's using to what he's distilling down. I mean What's his mash like, you know? So he got corn up there? Or is he using some, you know, sweaty Apple NASA pie? socks? Like, what's he did? Is he fermenting apple pies, getting cinnamon stuck in there? Maybe. Maybe. I, yeah, I don't know what he's using. Uh, I, did, I don't know. Look, there are a lot of ways to describe weird flavors in alcohol. True. People come up with some crazy shit. So cinnamon mouse ass, not the weirdest I've heard. I hung out um, with a sommelier for a while. <laughs> I, uh... I really liked Ed's uh, like Forrest Gump Bubba esque like rundown of all the places that he's experienced black markets and shine mm-hmm. carriers, cruisers, mash units, isolation chambers, jail cells, churches, moon bases, space stations. Like he's it's it's really funny, and he he launches on the, that list a second time, and Illy cuts him off. But I I it's like I said, this is fundamentally feels like a portrayal of a character I love, but it's also undeniably fun to see it happening absolutely you know if this was a one-off christmas episode i I would feel a lot better than this being a permanent bend to the moral arc of ed baldwin's character but we'll see where it goes i mean look man he grew up in in what the the navy is that right oh yeah and every story i've heard from those navy guys is all about how there's yeah underground operations on every ship every port every base you go to they're gonna have a way of getting it. what they need. I 100% believe it. Yeah. Yeah. So that Ed would be a part of that, especially in his younger days. Hell yeah. Yeah. No Navy are crazy and crucially also Marine adjacent. So the hijinks that uh, that whole branch of service gets up to pr- pretty legendary. Mm hmm. 
right, Sam tries to convince her colleagues to form a union so that they can use their temporary leverage with this asteroid stuff to grab a piece of the pie. Uh, I feel like they cut this scene off too early, or I feel like the story they're telling here is that Sam is not the person to lead this union. She has the right ideas, but she's unable to convince people to follow her. And in my mind, it's because she doesn't follow through on the logical argument to its natural conclusion. Because you got her explaining like, hey, you're going to be doing a very dangerous job. Guy comes back and says, yeah, I'm going to be doing it, but I'm going to I'm going to die with a dead man's smile or a rich man's smile, rather. Uh-huh. Natural argument there is how are you going to have a rich man's smile when you're working 24-7 to earn that money? Mm-hmm. Like they're going to work you to the bone. You're not going to be enjoying that process. And then when you die, you're not going to be able to use it. I mean, this is the classic difficulty of of trying to get like labor and any kind of solidarity movements going is, you know, we talked about the prisoner's dilemma. Um, raising people's class consciousness is essentially saying, okay, we understand that we'd all be better off if we do the betray option. Okay, okay. All right, all right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But hear me out. What if we all agree to do the cooperate one? Knowing that if out if, if if there's enough people willing to do the betrayal as scabs, if you know that the management is going to uh, is going to act in bad faith and have the full force and power of the government behind them to act against you, mm-hmm. that's a dangerous thing to do because you're getting paid. What if you lose your job, you lose your bonuses, you get sent home, and you're billed one hundred fifty thousand after all this? Like what happened with the moon guys? I love that they checked the moon thing and i also love that sam's like well it's not like the moon because they could shut that down ship everybody home and be back in business in two days we've got them by the balls here because they've got a month eight weeks to turn this around and that asteroid's gone yeah so we our power will never be it's 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 all good stuff but it's just also Mm -hmm. underlines how hard it is because people don't want to fucking organize and strike and do all that shit people want to get paid you know totally Risking it all to get a little bit more is always is always a tough proposition. But on the other hand, it's also got a got a winning history behind it. If you can get everybody in line, you know, and it's short term thinking versus long term thinking, right? In the short term, hey, look, I'm going to get my bonuses. I'm going to make a bun- make out like a bandit here temporarily. Yeah. What's the problem? Well, if you think long term, what if you made out like a bandit for the rest of your life? Right, you know? and, and, and you also sacrificed you secure... a little right now to make that happen. Yeah. Well, you secure these benefits for all posterity. I mean, the reason we have holidays and uh, five-day work week instead of seven days mm-hmm. a week until we die uh, is because of, you know, blood in the streets, essentially. So yeah. you got to have people making that ira- like irrational decision for themselves and their family to make the rational long-term bet for all of their, their work, all of their fellow class members. And that's just historically been very hard to do. Uh the thing but, about so it's good this, stuff, though. right? It's just this uh-huh. is such I think an underwritten part of the season that it kind of feels perfunctory. Um, but also, we're okay. I don't know maybe okay. maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe we're ready for like fast tracking this stuff because you look around the country like the yeah. labor is kind of resurgent right now. Like they've had some huge important victories, big ones at like the uh, auto workers in Hollywood, um, down mm-hmm. to like service industries. Like there's a lot, there's changes in yeah, the air Starbucks, after Amazon. Like so, so maybe I'm 
maybe we're there and we're like the audience is ready to go along with it but yeah, i think maybe. it was a it was a chance to it was a chance to do a better job of um shoring that stuff up i think there's a there's a little bit of um ironic discomfort in this scene too or i guess not in this scene but in future scenes because there is this moment that they can capture um a mm. p- bigger piece of the pie and they have huge leverage but all of that is kind of done away with by the end they don't they, they've missed that opportunity by the end uh, the, the opportunity never actually presented itself well right? i i thought so too but then i thought about no i think what they're saying is they still have to capture the asteroid they still have to divert it to earth and earth can't do that by themselves so they have okay. a much shorter window yeah it makes sense yeah 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 so the the because if they, they don't really put the brakes get... on at mars earth gets fucked mm-hmm yeah, they're gonna miss it entirely. Oh, Jesus, is there a Marco Inaros possibility where it's like <laughs> Martians, like you know what's better oh, than economic leverage? We've got the f- we're going to take control of this base. We got the finger on the the thruster button. We can steer this into Earth orbit, or we can steer it into Earth. Uh-huh. Pay us, fuckers, and we're out here by the belt. We can keep them coming. <laughs> Yeah, there's no shortage of these things. Oh, my God. No, oh, my know. God. Maybe, maybe we are just going for the expanse. Screw the Star Trek stuff. It's time yeah. for the expanse. I mean, they yeah. usually, I mean, that's, I, I, I'm wanting them to recapture past glories because every, I, I remember seasons where I thought, oh, they're going to escalate this in obvious ways. And, oh, my God, there's a war on the moon. Like, shit gets out of control yeah. sometimes and i'm i'm kind of looking like where could things get out of control and i i could just see sam with like uh you know a rambo style headband and a the command center that's smoking and there's base commanders hung up danielle pools hung upside down by her boots like mussolini and maybe it'll be the north koreans they'll they'll be targeting this asteroid at like i don't know one of the other m7 or something i mean shit they fought the capitalist devils before mm-hmm they can do it again <laughs> alright let's go back to the conference where Arena engages Eli and a lady in conversation and she tells Aleda that they don't like the ROI uh, the, the 10x ROI on this project because it would take 30 or 40 years to see it uh, Eli and Arena are considering dropping the whole operation until Eli has the idea to redirect the asteroid to Earth so they can mine it in orbit rather than on Mars and everyone likes that idea including Margo <sighs> Do you think the bullfinch made a bit of an unforced error by trying to really hammer home Margot's loyalties here? I, she's leaning pretty hard on that. Why would you gloat so quickly over something so I sensitive? Know. Just, just let, just, just, just let that, like, like, let the trap work, man. Let the, let the, let the, let the. The, the noose get close, uh, tighter around the neck, let the door, I, the trap door swing a little bit more shut. I didn't notice it so much here in this scene, but later in the episode, she goes even harder on that. And yeah. I definitely noticed in the in that scene. I was like, you are risking alienating this person who you kind of need yeah. at this moment. Just, just to, almost just to like get a jab in. It almost felt personal in a weird way. Do you want a triple agent? Because this is how you get a triple agent. Uh-huh. You know, like <laughs> yeah. for for someone who spouts as much stuff about how no one will ever trust Margot, the bullfinch seems to put a lot of trust in Margot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she thinks that that uh, episode in the gulag really had an effect and scared her 
communist, but like, uh, I don't know. Those, those experiences tend to have the opposite long term, like short term. Yeah. Sure. But long term, mm-hmm. you know, fuck these guys. Right. Uh, the thing I did like about this scene is how much Margot and Aleda, without knowing it, are on the same page, especially from Aleda's side, right? She doesn't know Margot's involved in this conversation, but she's saying the exact same things, and Margot's nodding along, and no, you see so... that 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 simpatico relationship they had before all this stuff went down. I love it. Yeah, yeah, and they're both, like, you know, singing from the same hymnal. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was, I, that was pretty good, and and uh i thought the um what was the other thing oh what did you th- what did you make of the fact that they put a lady in a dorm room is that a per- is that a power play and if it's a power oh. play why did they do it to her and not marv cuz cuz maybe they don't like capitalism i don't know i'm always trying to remind myself she's there representing helios See, I think if the if and the if the Soviets wanted to really stick it to the capitalists, they would put Marv and the executive class in the dorm, and they would put Aleda in the kind of more blue collar. Now Aleda is not really blue collar at this point, but they'd put the the workers, the engineers, et cetera, et cetera. They'd put them in the finest accommodations. It's a, it was a weird. I felt like mm-hmm. it was a power play, but I wasn't sure what play was being made. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't really know what they're getting at there. Uh, let's go back up to Mars, where Ilya gives Ed drinks on the house for his distilling advice, and Ed reveals that he also knows about his black market import business, but Ilya doesn't really want to talk about it here. This is where I think Ed's going to get misconstrued, you know, and I, I think that is Miles getting stonewalled by the rock exporter a direct result of the scene? Because on second watch, I, I, I took that as gospel that there's a cause and effect here that, that, that that Ilya was already planning on cutting miles out. Um, but Ed like coming and sniffing around his business, he saw as a threat. And I think he associates like mm-hmm. mile, like Ed, Ed and uh, miles together. I might be wrong on that. Or miles it, is doing a very risky thing and he needs to cut some of that risk down. Yeah. 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 That there's now heat. Like I got the Admiral sniffing around, but they're, they're, they're connected. And I, and, and since they are connected, even if it's a coincidence, well, it is a coincidence. Ed's not there because he wants to muscle in on the territory. No, uh, it, that yeah, it, it's that's my my le- that's one of my big theories right now. That Ed's going to get caught up in this, and he's going to be on both sides. Yeah. He's going to like Helios is going to want him dead. <laughs> the U.S. Mm-hmm. government's going to want him dead. The Russians are going to want him dead. Uh, the I Russian can't... underground's going to want him dead. I I just cannot wait for Dev to get up here. I cannot wait for it. Oh man. fuck! I even forgot about that. The fact that Kelly and and because uh, they they checked them in. You know, it's like you see Ed like you know uh-huh. seeing them saying, "Hey, Poppy, we're on the flight here." Dev's with them because you know, like because like conceivably Ed Baldwin could be the main reason Earth get doesn't get a twenty trillion dollar windfall. Mm-hmm. They could change everyone's life for the better. Like just and 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 <laughs> for man. for petty for petty personal yeah. wrong not even pet the wrong reasons he's just mm-hmm. wrong he's wrong he is no i'm with you what a bastard it's fun to watch him do these things but he's doing them totally for the wrong reasons it yeah yeah 
All right, Miles goes over to the loading dock to speak with his smuggling contact, but she says the operation is over, and Miles is threatened by the man mountain, Petros. I, this guy's big. He is. Uh, he puts out uh, like his whole fucking. I think his whole hand wraps around Miles' throat, and his like middle finger and and thumb touch at the back. Like he's it's uh-huh. he's got big mitts. T minus three seconds until the ad. Touchdown, and we're back. And and I don't think Miles is a small guy necessarily, but this guy's huge. Yeah. It, and it almost surprises me when they the North Koreans roll up and they're just as big as him. That was yeah. shocking. Yeah, because this guy's huge. Yeah. And there, there's uh, I don't think they're just as big, but one of them rolling, is. They're rolling. They're rolling in a. They're 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 rolling deep. They got like three four dudes. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know if any uh, one of them is as massive, but they could Voltron mm-hmm. together and shut this shit down. <laughs> yeah, that's how I bet it happened. Uh-huh. All right, let's go back to the conference where Aleda, Eli, and Arena discuss the plan to get the asteroid to Earth. Uh, they're working the problem here. Margo suggests that they use the plans from the DART program to do it, which was a asteroid deflection program designed to protect Earth in the case of a asteroid headed their way uh Aleda shoots down kind of each aspect of this each potential plan and margo suggests that they work the problem and arena immediately says i need a break that's pretty funny we must work the problem i need a break yeah but because she realizes like how the hell am i going to get in between these uh, people and yeah. Um, she's out of her you, depth and talking and it's a cumbersome process having Margo oh, yeah. and, and a probably a, a taxing process on her like uh-huh. second languages being fed radio from one person while another person is talking these yep. concepts that I'm sure she's familiar with but may not be intimately familiar with the way that Margo and Aleda are and yeah she's not like a technical subject matter expert on this stuff no Th- this has to be incredibly mentally taxing for her I would think so you, I think you're alluding to this scene about the time that uh, the bullfinch yes. really yanks on her chain. Uh-huh. Uh, let me ask you this: I, I, I thought maybe Mar the what I was supposed to understand is Margot is misinterpreting that as a chain yank when she's really trying to go at. Because like, what did I, I? I guess I'm confused on what Margot said that might have been expressing loyalty to NASA. Well, she said something like, "We're we're not going to do this like some kind of police state." And and that triggered uh, oh, Arena. It was the evaluation of her form of government, right? Okay. Yeah, that was that was uh that was a little spicy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And so okay. Arena fires back. Uh but but does it in a way I like that is both talking to Aleda, like your loyalties no, it's, need to it remain with you know, no longer with NASA, right? Because she's with Helios and worked out well. Yeah, I and like I said, I'm, I'm. It like it's, it does feel like this stuff is better written. Um, but no, it's well is written, it possible yeah. that it's just coming out of the mouths of people that we care a lot more about, and we're just I I don't think so, but I'm trying to be fair. No, I I think it. So what it does is it has the benefit of relying on a lot of past uh, work that they've done. Right. True. Like in this scene, when I hear Margot and then 
Arena passed this on when she says we need to work the problem. And Aleda looks over like, huh. That's a very, yeah, Margot thing. Right? Like, She's like, recognizing something. And that comes from seasons of previous material. Yeah. So, like, you don't have that benefit with Miles and the, the space smugglers, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think, yeah, just... The, the 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 other stuff does seem a bit underwritten compared to this stuff but you're right also it's easier to, to write when you've got a huge foundation of relationships and uh history and and world building to to, to stand on yeah you could do a lot of shorthand whereas with mile stuff right. you're really gonna have to spell it out it feels like they're shorthanding but we don't have we don't have yeah, yeah we don't have our notes from previous seasons to fall back on so we're like huh I mean, right. I'm rolling. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I guess I feel like I'm rolling with it, but I'm going off a lot of knowledge that I'm bringing in from outside the show. And again, maybe the show's right. And uh, this audience is going to just just be on the ball with this stuff. But I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, they I just I just wish they would take the platform and maybe do a little bit more education on that or build it out a little bit more to make it feel real so people can it's like directly applicable to people's lives but yeah like I said maybe people already get it maybe so uh, alright let's go to Ed waking up with a serious hangover uh, cinnamon mouse ass hangover <laughs> Palmer <laughs> wants him to sign off on the Helios base pay and bonus rates he takes the documents under review man I- Again, Ed. this is just this is fan service. Like why, Ed uh-huh. waking up with that with with God's own flashlight shining in his face. Uh-huh. <laughs> re, just looks down between his legs, sees the half smoked dube, and that line of like, "Don't mind if I do, Admiral Baldwin." <laughs> and then and then he's acting like a high schooler caught smoking weed in his bedroom when Palmer comes up, right? Like trying to shuffle it out the non-existent window. It's right. Like he, he's your thing. dad. He's your dad at two thirty in the afternoon on on Saturday, being like, uh, "Oh, morning, Palmer is the, yeah. the late late shifts clocking in." And then the the evil chuckle that he has when he's got the paperwork yes. and Palmer's screaming outside his door, impotent rage. And Palmer's uh, like, it's, it's, oh, you did I catch you sleeping? It's noon. And he's like, well, I guess I'm just a lazy fuck. Lazy. Is that all? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you came over here for? Um, question. <laughs> do you buy, do you buy that this would be the case where there's enough of like a separate military command structure versus corporate structure that Danielle could essentially confine ed to quarters but he's still a chief executive officer of the company like i, I found it just think, believable that he would be right. a senior project manager yeah that like that 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 yeah danielle's not thinking from a corporate sense she's mm-hmm. only kind of a, so yeah she doesn't think about oh god he's got all this soft power that i need to also sever or get and she get, doesn't like, really I have got, the authority to do that right i mean this yeah, is a helios matter helios. at that point yeah yeah so I yeah I found it just believable yeah, um, and and I I don't know that senior project manager Ed is the title that he wanted to go out on. Mm-hmm. I mean he's still an admiral he'll be an admiral right but like now he's an acting his acting role is senior project manager. Yeah, he's just going to be a paperwork pusher. But uh, th- and and I got another question about it that we'll get to when he uh, drops this stuff on the 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 labor committee. But we'll wait we'll wait to get there. 
I think the larger question is, do I buy that the senior project manager would have to sign off on bonus and pay rates? No, I don't. I, I don't I think a project manager has that role. I think that's much more accounting, much more executive level sign offs. But I it would make sense that Ed would be that tippy top level that might like, you know, maybe they got the title wrong, but he's gotta be the highest ranking Helios personnel there. Oh yeah, definitely. So Yeah, because the the commanding I mean he's second in command he was second in command and now you know his commanding officer was NASA. Danielle's mm-hmm. NASA. So mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Margo tells Arena that they can solve the engineering problems if they take bold action, meaning her and Aleda work together on the project. And Arena tells Margo that she'll be labeled a traitor if she does this, but Margo is willing to risk it if she can get back to work. I was saying this before, the work is her real love. I buy it. I buy it uh-huh. 100%. It's not about power. It's not about Sergey. even. It's not even about Aleda. It's about the work. It always has been, always will be. It's not that those things aren't important to her, but uh-huh. they are subordinate to the work. Capital T, capital W. For and sure. I, th- I think there might be some criticism from people to say, why would the Russians agree to go along with Margot's plan? But I think the way it plays out, the Russians, why wouldn't they? They got everything they wanted. They got a political win. They do, They didn't. They didn't apply pressure to an American citizen to, to steal her from the country. Hell no. She was discontent and disgruntled and uh-huh. uh, disappointed in her government for pursuing profits and all that other stuff. So it's like, according to I don't speech. Yeah, I, I don't know who says no. And uh, so I, I thought, again, and I could be wrong, but I thought this stuff played pretty, pretty beautifully for me. And it's and it, as a way to get her and Aleda back together. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's it, they threaded that needle. Yeah. Especially since, like, the way they played it is, like, Margot is not, like, there with her fingers crossed, rolling her eyes. Like, she's giving that statement. Like, this is going to cost her. Like, mm-hmm. shh, the American people, all of her friends at NASA, a late, like, that. That this is the kind of thing that she's saying is going to make them see and hate her. So, there yep. seem to be, and then, like I said, we're just, she's just starting to pay that price. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. And, and she I, pays it even, so personally right away. Uh, which yeah. I really like, but yeah, there are, there are bigger ramifications too. Yeah, and I, I I do think it's like when she says, "I don't care what people think. I know what I did and why I did it." Same as now, that's fine. But Margot, you need people. Like I don't know how you like like I feel like you should have learned that lesson a couple seasons ago. But you need people, and if everyone hates you and doesn't trust you, how effective mm-hmm. a leader are you going to be? This is true. Yeah. But she's got the full weight of the bullwinch, the bullfinch, bullwinch, the bullfinch behind her. Um, I do wonder if we'll see a darker side from Margot. Like, if people don't trust her and like her mm. anyway, like, what happens if people, you know, like, again, she can't do anything about the Americans, but what if the Russians balk at helping her? If, you know, I, I wonder if they're setting up that woman she made the acquaintance with that helped her with the, the washer uh, at the vending machine. I wonder if they're setting her up to, like, that's going to be someone that expresses disappointment of Margo and Margo has to deal with. Maybe. Yeah. I'm not seeing the, the future angles here, but there kind of have to be some. I just don't know how you lead a facility or a project of people uh, across multiple nations. If you have zero trust and zero like, like that as 
-hmm. As much as it pains us nerds to hear it sometimes, you got those people skills are important. You know, there's a reason that uh, people who are not as good as programmers as us, uh, not as good a creative as us, uh, might advance faster because they schmooze. They play the game. They go out and golf with the boss. Yeah, and and, uh, Margo doesn't do that shit, so... Uh, One of the questions I have coming out of this scene, and I guess previous scenes as well, is why is Arena so eager to capture this asteroid? Why is she allowing this Damn, to happen? Because it, didn't they make the point that this would disrupt Russia's economy pretty severely? It's a major the status quo. Is number one export? Them. Is that right? Or just a major? Well, it's not the number one. They just kind of corner the market in in Iridium. So uh, that's that's the big question. They they raised that point last episode, and now Ru- now maybe Russia is extracting a bigger piece of the pie because of that. They need to be bribed, but like that, they're not. Perhaps. They're not saying that. No, they're so not. So like. Yeah, it's it's bizarre to me because you're right. Russia, the, the status quo benefits them. So yes. why are they trying to bust their ass? Yeah, why wouldn't they be you know slow playing this whole thing, hoping they could delay long enough to miss this asteroid? But yeah, yeah, because right now, like they're whatever whatever shakes out the New Deal, it's not going to be a stranglehold on the market for them. So no, but maybe I don't know. Maybe there's a little bit of altruism. That like, but I don't feel like maybe that's the they story think they're telling. Once we, ca- well, they're not thinking long term. I, I, I was gonna say maybe they're thinking once we capture this asteroid and exhaust its resources, we'll still have the number one export of iridium. So get this while we can, and then benefit later from our stranglehold. But they're not know. thinking long term. The way they're talking, that there's more. That there's there. Didn't they say there's more iridium in this asteroid that's ever been mined on planet Earth ever? I believe so. Yeah. So that's <laughs> that would be really long term thinking. Imagine if you injected into the to the world economy all the gold that's ever been mined in one shot into like it would devalue gold would be devalued massively and it would probably be yeah probably be a big because you know gold's got a lot of really insanely useful material properties of aside from looking pretty that mm-hmm. uh so like that would be a good thing, but it would also everybody's you know got their safe full of gold for the end times, probably not gonna mm-hmm. be too happy. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh, all right, let's go to the scene where Margot reveals herself to Aleda. Um, she goes to her room, but she's not there. So Margot's just looking around, and when Aleda returns, she's shocked to find Margot, but she runs up and gives her a huge hug. This I I thought this was a great decision because it gives us like a little bit of emotional catharsis and then it sells the because Aleda has defended Margot's innocence. We saw her do it with Bill, you know. It's like then this seems mm-hmm. like this is like a long-standing argument with her fans because you imagine like the full context of Margot disappears, the or she gets killed the day the things blast. Um you know, and people like there's this rumor that Margot was a spy for the Russians, maybe, and there's all this bitterness about that. And then she's alive, but all of the things that her detractors are saying are broadly speaking true. Like maybe you yeah. excuse her because of the reason. I, yeah, having having a lady just completely having a human reaction of I'm so glad you're alive, only to have the knife twisted when she finds out. But maybe you shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Maybe the maybe the Margot that I really loved and admired should have died back then instead of betray. It's it's pretty fucking good, man. Yeah, and Margot herself wonders that 
too. Um, yeah, the, ha- having that reflexive action of like, this is a person that I care deeply about. They're alive when they shouldn't be. I'm going to run up and I'm going to hug them. Yeah. But then you get a wash of like, oh man, all, all of the stuff that you know about it comes flooding in after mm-hmm. that moment, that reflex. And it's really, really good. Yeah, I agree. And I think even the staging of putting Margot or I'm sorry, Aleda in the the dorm room. So she's taking a shower. So the door kind of just pops open and lets Margot kind of walk in and rifle through her things that like they they really amp the the shock contrast to its maximum. And that was that was pretty fun. Totally. And we'll get back to that scene here. Because it also like there's a little bit of like. Did the bullfinch get cold feet and abduct a later or something? Like, why, where the hell? <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. There's like, did, did the Russians come in? Like, there's like, there's a war, warm kettle here. Her papers are all about. She's got, did she, what the fuck happened? But yeah. no, she was just, you know, washing her hair. <laughs> in the dorm shower. Yep. Uh, so let's go back up real quick to Happy Valley, where Miles tells Lee that Ilya's been lying to him. He's never going to see his wife. And Lee gets extremely upset, saying this is not acceptable, and says he'll handle it. And then the North Koreans send their muscle after Petros. Again, I don't think they've done a very... Like, I would believe if things have loosened up in North Korea because of their isolation, because of the distance from the motherland, because of the injection of capital and crime, and that corrosive effect, you know, mm-hmm. crime's corrosive on the fabric society, kind of like weakens things for, for good and ill. But they have not told that story. No. The last time Miles got on the base, it required an emergency and a whole bunch of subterfuge. And now he can just go and knock on the outside door. And instead of Lee coming and going to a private area, he just invites him in and has a screaming match in the middle uh-huh. of the North Korean outpost with some North Korean lady monitoring comms six feet away. What the fuck is going on here? Yeah, 100% with you. This did not feel right because they have not told that story. Yeah, and my, it feels like Miles is playing a dangerous game because, yeah, he's gotten all this North Korean muscle somehow. Um, but... Lee, he's got a he's got to follow through on what I consider an impossible plan. Or, or yeah. we're gonna. I have... mean, is that the implied promise here? I suppose. Or yeah, I mean, to be working with him, it was it would be one thing if he just went to to Ilya. He Lee took his guys, went to Ilya, and kicked his ass. Mm-hmm. But to be actively having the muscle with him when he's kicking Ilya out of his bar feels like they're now like like he's made promises to lee and i just also i it, it never felt like lee's got this kind of pull you yeah. know that like because i'm saying okay you get these you get the your four beefiest north koreans to come you know whip this guy's ass what's in it for them some extra foot cream <laughs> yeah uh-huh you know like no, real severe bunions and yeah. it seemed like Lee was under maximum suspicion from his by his people, which makes a lot of sense that he spent so much time with the Americans and maybe that stink never really washed off of him. I, I don't know. But this this plot took, I, like I said, I was not expecting much, but it took a left turn at Albuquerque for me. All right. Well, let's take a right turn and get back to the stuff that we really like. Um, this is where Margot explains to Elena how she's still alive and why she defected. Uh, Aleda does not think her actions were justified 
and she tells her how it felt to be there on the day of the bombing. And once all the words have been said and the tears shed, Margot asks Aleda to work the asteroid problem with her. I found it so gratifying to hear Aleda essentially say over and over again, if only you had gone to the FBI, Margot, <laughs> none of this would have ever happened. And uh-huh. for Mar- like all of Margot's bullshit about like, well, I didn't, you know, and then like her argument is essentially, well, I didn't want to face the consequences of my actions because yeah. in my own mind, they were justified. Congratulations, every criminal ever. You know, every person uh-huh. who's betrayed an ideal or principle or a movement, it's, you know, it's because, yeah, like she's thinking like, well, you know, at the point where I stole the nuclear reactor design and gave it. I, but like the very first time pressure was applied, you mm-hmm. could have just gone to the authorities and said and none, literally none of this would have ever happened. Uh, and it's really frustrating here to try to justify that bullshit especially to Aleda who shut it down hard and eloquently with her, yes. you know, at our post. Mm-hmm. Her, yeah. Her description of being at that post at the time of the bombing was affecting the names she dropped, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the people that, you know, like starting with Molly going down to bill that he's, you know, we guys pelvis crushed and his spine uh, destroyed and his life kind of like permanently fucked because of that. Um, and yeah. Bill was on like a high point, man. He was feeling appreciated and paid for the first time like this. And and then like when they got to Emma, Margot's long. I never even thought of her, uh, her long suffering mm-hmm. assistant again, going down at her post because, you know, that's what you do. I, I thought it was. Ex- and then Margot's response. Well, if it, uh, it's all the same to you, I wish. I had gone down at my post. Like I bitterly regret all this stuff and pivoting to that to Alita's regrets. If she, mm-hmm. there's a little bit, you know, we're going to be talking about, uh, you got mail in the near future, if not already, because we're recording How all this stuff. Out of- are you going to connect these dots? <laughs> well, there's a little <laughs> bit of Tom Hanks and Margot, and that she's using information that she gathered on the sly to manipulate okay. Alita. Like she heard how passionate Aleda is about uh-huh. the noble altruistic things that 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 uh, and and she knows she knows which buttons to push because she's been listening to their conversation. So, but also because she knows her, and that's the thing. Aleda throws out this line that says, "You don't know me anymore." Yeah, I, she doesn't know a part of you that was created right. after the bombing, but she definitely still knows you deep down. And and it yeah. works, right? I mean, they, they work the problem mm-hmm. together. They come up with a plan. So, like, it, she does know her fundamentally, but Aleda has this other piece of her now because of the things that happened, because of that incident that Margot chickened out of, uh, that, yeah, now is, is a part of her as well. And I... It's sad. It, it's a, such a such a delicate scene that needs to be well executed, and it is here. This is the stuff they really give time to and, and the space that it needs. Yeah, and I thought this was a really well-written kind of monologue that they gave Olivia here, uh, Trulio, and that she delivered it well with just the right amount of like genuine grief and also like barely suppressed rage. And not just at Margo, yeah. but at the situation, <laughs> yeah, at the righteousness situation. And it's like an impressive, it was a long one too. Uh, no cuts. I thought it was, uh, 
a real standout scene. She's had a lot of those. She nails them every time. True. I, I, like I said, the stuff with her and Bill has been excellent throughout this series. And the stuff with her and Margot here is just as good. Yeah. No, she's a she's a pocket dynamo. Yeah. One to watch for sure. Uh, all right. Let's go to Ilya finding Petros in the infirmary. He knows that this was not an accident, even though Petros is claiming it was. He finds Miles and the North Koreans waiting for him in his bar, or at least what used to be his bar, because Miles is taking over the operation. Ilya's out. Milos is in. The way uh, Miles Corleone here is talking, uh, mm-hmm. at, at what point did Ilya talk himself out of the operation? Because it felt like that Miles was willing to like let him keep the bar or let him keep a piece of it or was trying to be like, I, oh, I don't, I don't know. Because so. like, this Miles is so different than any Miles I've ever conceived yes. of before that like I felt like you could get me here with Miles, but I needed a couple more episodes. Agreed. Um there is a hardness to Miles that I have never felt before. Uh, and, and I understand that it's now he has something that he is desperate not to lose again. But at the same time, I just don't, I've never seen this side of Miles before. Yeah, this is like Miles, this is like if in, my, in The Godfather, if Michael went off to visit his father at the hospital and then they cut back to him going to have to go to Italy and hide out. Uh-huh. Or maybe even no, even maybe post uh, Apollonia, and like yeah, he's got that hardness back. and all that stuff. It's like yeah, like oh my god, if you skip the killing Captain McCluskey and you skip him fleeing to Italy and falling in love with his ultimate gangster wife and getting that taken away, like yeah. the character doesn't work. And I feel like they they he this is like a fundamentally goofy lightweight dork that has failed up in the life. And is at the end of and and he went from that to a criminal mastermind who's got the balls and the connections to get all this North Korean muscle and it it I don't quite buy it. Yeah, and I, I really wish I did because I think there's a solid story there. Yeah. It's just the shortcuts that have needed to to be taken have kind of undermined it. I I, yeah. I could totally buy this. I could totally buy Lee being his muscle and Ilya being out, because I saw this coming from the beginning. Yeah, we like, talked about it. This guy's it. Like, got oh, a thing he needs to support his family. He's going to take it by hook or by crook. Okay, mm-hmm. he's given a taste of it, and when that's taken away, of course he fights back. And that that's a great story. Mm-hmm. It's just the execution isn't quite there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let me ask you this. Does Miles realize he's taking over a bar that... <laughs> Uh, Admiral and senior project Ed manager or senior project manager Ed has just befriended the the owner of. Is this going to be a problem for him? That's a damn good question. And does like I guess the real question is does Ed care? Because like I think Ed Ed might have cared, but he's got a new project now. He's got a better way to fuck with Danielle. But what if he can fuck with Danielle on every level? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like going, you know, going back to the fan service of this and how much fun it's been to watch. Like this Mm -hmm. is all true. But the fact that this is all this fun is being had at the service of just sabotaging good Danny is. I know. is, Is really hard to swallow. We'll be right back after this spacewalk. in we're diving into more for all mankind 
It is. I, I'm waiting. I really want to see her reaction to all this. Especially the Ed, the, like... Man. Especially the stakes for the world that, that are happening here. It's like, okay, like uh-huh. maybe you're pe- personal and you're petty and if, <laughs> if it was just a normal program, but like a once-in-a-generation chance for Earth to get a leg up, like, that is a whole other line of petty, man. Yeah, That's the kind you're of petty... potentially strangle that opportunity just to stick it to one person that made a choice you don't like. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, that kind of short-sighted, arrogant pettiness is usually reserved for like multi-billionaires and I don't know, despot <laughs> kings. It's sure. It's a weird look for Admiral Baldwin, I think. Yeah. What would man. Karen say? I don't know. I don't know what Karen would say. Karen fucked Danny, though. So what kind of? Yeah. Ultimately, what kind of judge a judge anything is she? <laughs> All right, let's go over to Sam continuing to petition her people to unionize. Ed comes in, joins the conversation with some information about Helios' new bonus structure. It's not good, Bob. Uh, Ed suggests they shut the base down, and everyone starts chanting "Strike!" Union leader Ed. It uh, it's it's interesting to see them kind of speed run all the like. Well, they can't do that. We have a contract. Well, their fine print says they can change the contract anytime. It kind of surprises me that you can change pay, hazard pay, terms like that. In and I bet in, you could challenge that legally, but good luck doing that in any kind of realistic time frame. From yeah. Mars. <laughs> and then then the the other thing is the and this is. This this whole binding arbitration of the uh, company's choosing. That that's one of those things. That there, there's there's a whole bunch of games of legal chicken that we're playing between labor and management right now. There's the you know, uh, th- there's this one the like binding arbitration. There's the everyone signing eulas that say a whole bunch of nonsense, and those are binding. There's a whole bunch of things that like we're waiting for a landmark like some kind of landmark case to be like, is this really because, you know, I usually these kind of like novel legal theories don't hold up when there's like real malfeasance at play. And that's what it feels like you're, you're playing with here at Mars. Like you already got like halfway to indentured servitude. Now you've got the, and you got the company store. Mm-hmm. Like this seems like the kind of shit that the Supreme court likes to, to kick down just when, when you think you've, you've won, but and until then it is it's a scary thing it's like okay well yeah you can't you can't sue us and you have to arbitrate with our arbitrator and regardless of what that arbitrator says and it's legal standing or what and the facts of the matter you're gonna have to accept it because yeah it's a way to subvert the justice system which is crazy i mean on a fundamental level that is insane that a company could just write some words and the justice system does not apply to them but so That's far crazy. it's crazy yeah so far no one's put like you owe us your firstborn in a eula so it hasn't far, been egregious enough we haven't shipped now. shipped people from mars at the tune of one hundred fifty thousand dollars that they're personally owed for yeah so like i said that's but it's it's can um, i do that can i write something that someone can agree to that uh nullifies their rights as a human being and completely subverts my responsibility for it in our justice system can i do that i mean i i had a lawyer tell me once this is America. You can be sued or sued for anything, including breathing. You know, 
Like mm-hmm. the about the only thing you can't be sued for is 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 you dying, you know. Uh, <laughs> but 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 the, yeah, it's like I I think yeah you that's the thing is like you can do whatever you can get away with, right? But I don't have the money to get away with it. Or nah, you influence. don't got money to give away shit, man. <laughs> you, you can't even get away with unpaid parking tickets. You got you know you got to get yeah. seven figures before you can say fuck fuck that. I could barely get away with this podcast. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> obviously this is ed sticking it to danielle just get her arms flapping around right yeah uh, I, I i do wonder it, it makes me question okay how much of ed is just getting back at danielle and how much of ed feels like this is unjust um and kind of roots for the underdog you know him going to the <sighs> bar here with Ilya and recounting his time of like hey i used to be this guy that's still sniffing uh i don't know booze hound navy guy Maybe there was a time in Ed's life where he would have been sympathetic to all this stuff. Do you think that's making a return or is it just the Danielle stuff? I'm highly skeptical of any altruism. Like that evil laugh did not sound like (laughs) this is unjust. This is the latest outrage from Helios. And I'm finally seeing things from the common man's perspective. This Uh felt more like ah, a knife I can plunge into her back. Um, Look, if there is any possibility for me to be like, out, uh, like like Admiral Baldwin being shocked of the the class consciousness, I would desperately cling to that because I want to believe that there's something more than just his vein. Uh, here, mm. I'll throw something out. Is this some kind of Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, sundowning? Like this? Is this bizarre? Ch- is, is there any kind of cognitive reason for him to be this? He's got Mars brain. Yeah. Cause like when my you know my grandfather in the process of dying at Alzheimer's could really terrorize a hospital unit like mm, wildly mm. out of character behavior from this man the way he would treat doctors and nurses and the way he would treat his personal dignity not in his right mind is there a, is there a chance that some of this is from Ed just kind of losing it at the higher level and and you know part part of the, part of people's reaction to that is in a lot of cases um, heightened aggression. Because you're confused, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're paranoid. Uh, you think people are out to get you. Is there, are they maybe playing with that? That like there's the physical signs, but also maybe there's some mental cognitive decline. Because that would make him a lot more sympathetic. He's just a victim of his physiology. I, I don't think they're playing it that way. Well, then to there's me, no fucking me, altruism it's... here. <laughs> so I think he's just being a shitter. This is a warning to future generations because it doesn't apply yet, but. When you smoke weed in microgravity, all of that THC <laughs> congregates in your head. The rest that would go yeah. to your body, the body high you usually get goes mm-hmm. to your head and you do insane shit. So watch out. Smoke yeah. lightly. That's yeah. what the smoking warning is about at the beginning of this episode. True. It's not about cigarettes or nicotine or tar. Yeah. It's about smoking in microgravities. Smoking here on Earth is very cool and based and, <laughs> and uh, it makes people like you. But up in space it's too risky. The higher uh-huh. oxygen concentrations, the microgravity yeah, it's uh, yep. it's, yep. it's uh, th- that, that, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> this will be relevant in 2062. Uh, it, oh, okay. This is a terrible time for Helios to pull this shit, right? Do but they it know that? So is it so sense. tone deaf from a corporation thinking, well, we're just going to screw these people? Or is this like the opening salvo of a negotiation? Well, so. Let's lowball them so that when they that, come back that with a counteroffer, it gets 
closer to what we're willing to accept. Closer that to the status question, quo. Well, that was one question I was going to ask you. Um, did Is this the, a bombshell? Because I think what you're supposed to understand is this is stuff that's being approved and it's going to go in effect after everybody works their their shifts and it's going to change the bonus structure. So, like, all those people who are, like, grinding to get to their... 50 point bonus now got to go to 500 or was that 5,000 it was a crazy it's 500 to 5,000 which is a 10x increase but now they're finding out before what the plan is so it's like I think Mm -hmm. that and it seemed like that that was a good plan that the that that Sam was having a hard time getting people to put their financial necks on the line with the promised payouts that they were going to get. But now that Mm -hmm. they found out that their pay is going to be garbage and they're only going to get it for a couple months before they essentially become a backwater to the solar Mm -hmm. system. So I I think Ed really did fuck them by letting this information out early. Because now they can get organized and they can slow things down right away. And Yeah, yeah, so maybe it wasn't such a misplay by Helios. It's more... They didn't expect it to get out. So, so what do you think, Dev? I, what do you think Dev's going to do? Because I got, I'm starting to get an inkling. Yeah, when he gets up here, and he sees that there's a full-on strike happening, well, he he's too late, right? I mean, he can't do anything from Mars once he gets there because he the two-month journey is just barely inside the window of capturing this asteroid. But the plan is an eight-week plan. He won't be there in time to deal with this. Because I was, I was wondering if he could do, like, land on Mars and be like, all right, I am a Martian now. Helios is a Martian company. I am going to argue for us getting the biggest part of this pie. Like, this was... This was all. This was everyone along the, with him. These were these were old Earth pro- policies and plans. I'm here on the ground now. This ain't going to fly. Like, what if he's... Is this a we are leans- Martians kind of thing? Yeah, like he leans back into Harambe, maybe in a cynical way, but in a way that would, you know, increase. Because that's because kind of, remember, his plan was to make Mars a better place. And I think he's not foolish enough to think that Mars can be a better place with like minimal bootstrap funding. So, like, he might be arguing for like Mars. No, actually, Mars should get the lion's share of this. Hmm. Or at least its fair share. So, is he going to try and capture and hold ransom this asteroid? <laughs> Is Maybe. that what you're like? He's going to grab it and put it in Mars orbit. Like he's going to be like, he's going to, instead of trying to fight this movement, he's going to harness it to be like, follow me. I'll make sure we get what's ours. And we have all the negotiation because we I can mean, always, as at any time, push the button that sends this out into the asteroid uh, out, out into the, like, you know, like an, until it's in earth's orbit, we have all the, the control. I, I don't know. I, I could see it. I, I just wonder if he's going to be too late getting there. He's going to have to make that case on route, right? Yeah, and I think he's capable of doing that. And uh-huh. I don't know. Maybe they'll also play. Because they said that the thing has to be ready to go in eight weeks. And the guys that are rabble-rousing are not the ones planning the mission. They're no. the labor that's going to do it. But I think I think the timing might land that he can, he can, he can land and harness this right as it's a crucial, you know, they need to get to work. Yeah, right as they're they're executing, right? They've done all the prep, and then here comes Dev on the day of the mission to and say... And there's no one left to Helios to oppose him. He kind of cleaned house, so he's kind of the supreme uh-huh. dictator of that. So I, that, that'd be an interesting play for him to go either false populist or full populist because I'm, yeah, I'm a Martian now. Fuck Earth. Sure. 
And he said he's never coming back. So and, and, Earth and Ed needs might be us, sympathetic. Earth need, he's a Martian. Earth now. needed Helios when it was an Earth company. Now it's a Martian company. They really need it. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. I don't know. I it's going to be super interesting when Dev gets there. Is all I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm and like really I said, excited. that's the thing that's like I'm not super sweating because we've said it many times. Is sometimes you can get away with shitty writing to get to a result that then can be good. And you'll people mm-hmm. will forgive you. It's like, ah, oh, Miles kind of sucked. And uh, Sam, you know, they didn't really do that. And the uh, North Koreans, but like, you know, next season when they've got a well-established crime storyline and a well-established labor storyline, as long as that's good, then bootstrapping it with bullshit will quickly forget. So none of these missteps are fatal. It's just they need to start making it, making the, the characters better and it, it more impactful and substantial pretty soon for for them to save it yeah and in some scenes they're dropping little things that add to that i love in this scene how they drop the they they name check petros who is used here as a as a a motivation to start the union because oh look he got hurt in this accident because he's been overworked right Mm -hmm. which is a lie yeah 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 that was really funny but but that could absolutely be a motivation for people i stuff like that really goes a long way i think just dropping that into scenes occasionally it's so historical the fact that a lot of history hinges on you know misunderstandings and miscommunications Mm -hmm. and you know things that seemingly are irrelevant and yeah i love it all right uh let's go to the final scene here where news of margo's greatly exaggerated death hits the the airwaves, the news, uh, as she does a press conference, throwing NASA and America under the bus. Aleda packs up to go home, hating Margo. Yeah, well, no, not they, hating her. She says she doesn't hate her, but she'll never forgive her. And she yeah, does not want to watch this, this clearly false speech. No, it's a humiliating speech for Margo to give. It's a tough one for Aleda to hear. Um, Well, she can rest easy in the knowledge that her jacket is fire. This jacket <laughs> really is, is so cool, man. It really it looks like some something someone would wear on the expanse, you know. The it looks like yeah. Monica the reporter, like something she would wear. Uh it's 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 next it's next level. Mm-hmm. Um Do you think that do you think that Leda feels a little betrayed? that maybe Margot used her because now it's come out that Margot's taken over this this project on Star City's behalf. Where do you think that Elaine is going to get it twisted and think that this is Margot trying to get her glory and power back? Because that's why, like, the, the venom that she turns the television off as she tries to, like, spin this to, like, I'm eternally grateful they're all the brilliant scientists and engineers, and she just, like, flips it off. And I, I wonder... Because we saw the speech with the, she gave to the bullfinch that, you know, hey, it's not that's not what's mattered matters to me. It's all about the work. But, you know, later heard like, hey, we're doing this for all mankind. Right. And then in the mm-hmm. morning she hears that Margot's doing it now being promoted to the director at such and such. So I, I wonder if there's a little bit of Jacques going on here. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, I, I'm. Hmm. I'm trying to get a read on how much Aleda understands Margo as a person because I think that was kind of turned on its head with uh, this reveal that she's alive. And I think Aleda's probably thinking, I don't actually understand this person. Yeah. 
they're making choices I would never make. Yeah, which was a that's yeah that's kind of what so, she said. The yeah maybe you she had choices think, all along. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And your choices in the beginning were a hell of a lot better than your choices at the end, but still you made the bad choice every single time. So, so maybe she yeah. does think Margo might just be in it for the power now. Could be. I don't know. I don't know. But that's it, man. It's the end of the episode. Uh, all right, well, let's do some feedback. Uh, FAM at baldmove.com is how you send feedback. Uh, but first, I want to give a note that uh, if you want to find out what else we're doing besides For All Mankind, because we're doing a lot of stuff, going to be doing a lot of stuff in 2024, got a lot of fantastic Christmas stuff happening right now. Uh, best way to follow us is on all of our social medias at baldmove, except for TikTok, we're at baldestmove there. We also have a Discord, discord.baldmove.com, if you want to connect and talk about each of the episodes with a fun community of uh, friendly fans. Check it out, discord.baldmove.com. Finally, if you'd like to support what we're doing here at Bald Move, we could use and would appreciate it. Uh, support.baldmove.com to help us keep producing podcasts and get a bunch of nice stuff for yourself, uh, extra bonus content, ad-free feeds, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. All right, for all mankind at baldmove.com, uh, let's get to the feedback. Okay, first up to feedback is Chris DeCapo says, I'm loving your for all mankind coverage. Well, thank you, Chris. I'm thinking they ate bad Danny after he died. They're starving. He's perfectly preserved in the Martian cold, a la oh, yellow yeah. jackets. Mmm, tasty, tasty. Just saying. Merry Christmas. Uh, I Okay, Jim, I got uh-huh. a distressing amount of feedback this week. All saying that the solution, the the, the true Martian Thanksgiving, is <laughs> is a bad. roast, is a roast Danny, the bad tradition to start. You stuff a Danny with a chicken, <laughs> and you stuff the Danny into a turkey. You slice, you bone, you bone them, you slice them. Uh, this is insanity. This is not actually something that will happen on this show. Correct. <sighs> Oh Jesus! I, no, I mean it is it is a solution, and if things get desperate enough, yeah, I mean, would you rather die or would you rather eat Danny? I'm thinking <laughs> that's not clean meat, you know. That's a bottom feeder. It's not good. Sure, sure. It's eating a lamprey. It's eating a. Yeah, the, one of those sucker fish out of the fish tanks. Uh, Chris says, P.S. The Star Wars Holiday Special 2 is freaking hilarious. So thank you. He's talking about oh, uh, yeah. our our insane Christmas project that we did this year as we do sometimes. Check it out on YouTube.com slash BaldMove. Only if you want like unhinged Star Wars Christmas content. Uh, P.P.S. Oh, oh, uh, my brother's movie The Inventor is now out on video on demand. Check it out on Prime, Apple TV, Google Play, Vudu, and YouTube movies, many local cable and television providers. So this is The Inventor, and it's a claymation-esque kind of Ralph Bank, Bass, Bankin, Bass, Bankin, whatever. Bass, Rankin, Rankin, Bass. (laughs) Rankin, Bass. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I'm, this is this is actually secretly happening after a three drink uh, Christmas movie <laughs> podcast, and I'm still a little drunk. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's, it's it purports to be the life about the life of Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, oh. Says if you like it, spread the word. Indie films need all the help they can get. Voices of Stephen Fry, Daisy Ridley, Matthew Barry. What? So, so hot right now. I I, I thought this was going to be some indie joint. 
It is some like indie joint. Straight it's got video a seventy or something. That's amazing. It's got a seventy-seven on Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah, Inventor. Um, all right, nice. Uh, extended Baldwin family. If it sounds like it's up your alley, check it out. B says, I have a quick question. When Miles got his loner Helio suit in episode four, he mentioned it. Smell. Did Danny Stevens die in that suit in the episode five flashback? Maybe they ate bad Danny. Maybe they didn't. But my headcanon is now oh that his Helio God. suit is in rotation. Happy Valley base. Of course it is. Of course it is. They're not going to throw away a perfectly good spacesuit. And yeah. I think your theory holds a lot of water and gross. <laughs> Maybe he got roasted. I mean, how's it's a thin atmosphere up there in Mars, right? And he's sitting full view of the sun. Yeah, maybe he just his radiation cooked him in that suit. Because if he was preserved, bad. It's that it if smells he was preserved, like human. Mm-hmm. If he was preserved, there should be a smell. If that meat was good, right? Maybe well, you shit yourself when you die, right? Oh, right. You asphyxiate. The pressure differential gets you. Yeah, you shit yourself, especially okay. on Mars. Especially that wouldn't necessarily spoil the meat. No, but it would stink the suit up. So maybe it's yeah, maybe that's the problem. <laughs> All right, I think I think that's the only cannibal question. Oh no, we got a lot more, but those are the only distinct ones. Uh, so many people, so many people wrote into the hot take that they're going to eat bad Danny. So uh, I, mean, I blame the trouble is how do you cook bad Danny? That's that's the real problem. You can't I... eat raw bad Danny. He's been sitting out too long. You get science. You science that shit like Matt Damon. Matt Damon Make can eat potatoes a for a stove. year on Mars. Methane stove. If Matt if Matt Damon can eat potatoes for a year on Mars, they can gnaw on Danny's ass for a month or two. I'm saying. <laughs> totally. Cincinnati Joe, hometown Joe says, "How did I miss, or did I miss how Kelly searching for signs of life helps the asteroid capture? Because if it doesn't, why does she need to go on the urgent flight Dev is taking?" Doesn't NASA and the other countries get a say about the whole team of people and their gear coming to Happy Valley when they're in the middle of such an intense effort? What's the urgency for a mission? Maybe Dev just wants to keep her and her shares happy with him deciding to go to Mars. If that's all there is, then her team and maybe her can go later as was planned. Doesn't seem like this benefits anyone other than the scriptwriters. Even more obvious is bringing a child. What would NASA and some others say about the sudden development, especially in the middle of the asteroid capture and the tense international situation about it? Dan plan if they Dev plans to commandeer Kelly's robots, the worst thing to do would be to bring Kelly and her kid, especially with Ed there. Just commandeer them on Earth for the greater good. The other orgs would be okay with that. This is a good question because I talked about like from a labor standpoint, you know, how the Helios people will think about, you know, their deprivations and you got people bringing their family here now because they're the old man of Mars's daughter. What the fuck? Um how much does it bother you that they are sh- like like why is dev accommodating her does he need her shares that bad is 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 there a way for her to claw those back uh as far as bringing her kid i i don't know because in that moment where he agrees to do that he is also feeling some particular familial regret as well yeah true so he views himself as that kid. Like, would he want to rip his mother away from himself as a kid? No. No, he didn't want that to happen, but it did. And he doesn't want to replicate that with Kelly. Does That's because I, I I thought he was doing... I See, my and I, I think we talked about this in the podcast, but my, rep, my recollection is that I thought he was making this offer for Kelly to refuse. 
and yes, he's moved that she's trying to find a way to do the science and, you know, keep her, her relationship with her son. But he fully expected her to like, so he could guilt free, just be like, oh, well, you know, I wanted to do your project, but obviously you want to be a mom. So there. Yeah, I mean, that might have been the case, but I think what we saw with his family, I I don't know, because uh, it does happen after. Right. So maybe he changed his mind somewhere along the way. Um, he but, did. He did kind of a nasty thing at the beginning and then it morphed into a good thing. I think Joe's Joe's core point here about him needing Kelly shares is the most plausible thing because otherwise he would just, yeah, like who cares? Um, it's hard for me to see mm-hmm. how those robots, maybe they can use them as automated workers, but then you're right back into being a hot water Kelly. If you just, you know, steal her projects, her, her robots for your own project. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what the impetus for him to take the team was in the first place. I don't I don't remember if because he's not going up there because they need him up there. He's going up there because he wants to he call wants the to shots. take advantage of the opportunity. Yeah. And, and yeah. it felt to me like this was something he was making up as he went. Like when she's like, what the fuck? You know, you didn't tell us about any of this. And what are we going to do about this? He's just like shit yeah we'll just yeah, bring him and you can come and where you, you come with me like it's it's like he's a seat of his pants and like again expecting mm-hmm. her to be like oh that's crazy i can't do that and then it's her fault not his yeah but he's taking her team so she she needs to go i guess um yeah i, I don't know at all they, they told that story well enough for me i okay. think especially with the stuff we learned about his family in episode six um, Kurt says in the bonus content provided by Apple TV, there's been a news story talking about the formation of the Mars seven In this story. It's mentioned that China and Canada chose not to join the seven. I can understand why China would be hesitant to join, but do you have any speculation as to why Canada would not want to, do you believe that this will be a political plot point this season? P.S. I hope they don't eat bad Danny. I, th- see, now we're supposed <laughs> to be done with the, the eating Danny plot lines. Okay. It's leaking. It's leaking into the other feedback, Jim. Maybe it has something to do with the term Canadian bacon. <laughs> Maybe they, they, I don't know. Where was Danny from? Danny a Houston boy? He's a Houston boy. I don't know, man. Why wouldn't Canada want to join? That seems wild. Is there something about their economy being more reliant on oil, maybe, that like Canada's, that like they would be disproportionately affected? I don't you know, know, cause the I know hel- they have the helium three stuff was already happening. That was already in full effect. So, and like they have all those, like the, the oil shale, but that really wasn't developed until kind of the two thousands. So it's not like a economy sector that would be shut down, but I, I would be surprised if there's not a hell of a lot of, I mean, there's a shit ton in, in uh, Alaska. So oh, I bet they yeah, have, a, yeah, maybe the, I, I, that's the only thing I can think of economically. It's like, they didn't think it would make sense. Yeah. Maybe they were being asked for a pretty big ante and they decided the pot wasn't worth it. Because Canada, of course, been a big part of the International Space Station. I mean, the the, the whole giant manipulator arm, uh, mm-hmm. that's all mm-hmm. Canada. So Canada, Canada arm, yeah. Canada arm. So that'll do it for this week at For All Mankind. It, once again, the number for our line is FAM at baldmove.com. Uh, quick note. This is the last episode that we're going to record before our Christmas break. Now, we are recording, uh, if everything goes right, two episodes in advance, so we shouldn't miss any delays. But we think of us as, as we're in the Apollo capsule and we're about to go behind the moon. 
still going to be doing stuff, but the communications will be blocked. We won't actually be able to respond to email until we come back from behind the dark side of the moon and get all those transmissions. So we won't be considering feedback uh, on episode seven and eight, but we should be able to catch back when we return in January, uh, uh, starting with feedback again. So keep that in mind, FAM at baldmove.com. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Appreciate having you along for the road. Until the next time, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. Bye, Bob. <laughs>